good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with today's daily numbers. Thailand saw 233 COVID-19 fatalities and a 19-day low of 19,014 new cases over the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Sunday morning. Over the previous 24 hours, 20,672 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital. The Center for COVID-19 Situation Administration said the 233 fatalities, 140 of them who were men, ranged from 7 months old to 101 years old, with an average age of 66. So as you can see, the numbers have dropped a little and it looks like there is a little bit of a downward curve. We've also had more people being discharged from hospital than were admitted, which is a good sign. And now our first story of the day. Red tape, slow jab rollout delay Pattaya reopening. Pattaya City seems unlikely to reopen to tourism on September 1 as planned, with local businesses blaming the delay on red tape and a sluggish COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Bunanon Patsanasin, president of the Pattaya Business and Tourism Association, PBTA, on Saturday admitted the reopening is likely to be postponed. A special committee will have to consider the reopening plan submitted by the PBTA, a process required before the plan can be sent to the Tourism Authority of Thailand and the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration subcommittee for approval, he said. The committee will comprise of various sides, including Chanbury's Provincial Administration Organisation and Provincial Tourism Authorities, he said. Pattaya City, one of the 10 most popular tourist spots with the government aims to reopen first, is in Chambari, one of the areas worst hit by the current outbreak, he said. An associated plan to get at least 70% of the people in Pattaya vaccinated against COVID-19 before the September 19 reopening also appears unlikely to be accomplished, he said. Mr. Bunanan said he had no idea when the mass vaccination plan might be achieved. The PBTA continues working on its part of the reopening plan, including preparing sealed tourism routes for visitors. Santaya Kunplum, mayor of Pattaya City, said the city has ramped up active case findings to get people infected with the virus care and treatment. Starting August 10, a total of 5,196 people have been tested for COVID-19, with 192 of them testing positive, he said. Now, I don't think this has come as any major surprise to anyone. Vaccines have been allocated mainly to Phuket and the central provinces such as Bangkok and surrounding areas where there has been major infections. Unfortunately, I have not been able to find one source for the actual vaccination rate of Pattaya City, which is rather strange. That suggests to me it is very, very low. Regardless of this, the model is that of a sealed route again. It seems that the TAT and other agencies are obsessed with this concept, and I have no idea why, as it certainly isn't a model used anywhere else in the world. The only model that will see increased tourist numbers of any substance is the model of vaccination certificate only. Thailand are running out of time to have a noteworthy high season. If the government botches this, it will spell the end of tourism in the country and will take years for a hospitality recovery because quite simply there will be nothing left. What worries me most is that there seems to be no plan other than the sealed route concept. Most honest hoteliers will tell you it's all nonsense, that you won't even cover costs. The ones that continue to say it's better than nothing are the ones blowing smoke up the government's ass, too scared to tell the truth and tell them how it is. Tourism will only return to better numbers when the country is fully reopened and this sandbox model is washed away. 
And now next up, police remove containers, change policy. Clashes between young people and riot police continued near Ding Deng on Saturday, even after police moved walls of containers blocking inbound Vip Havadi Road and changed their tactics for dealing with protesters there. Dozens of teens rode up Vip Havadi Road unimpeded on Saturday evening after the barrier was moved one kilometre away to an area near the 1st Infantry Regiment where Prime Minister Prayo Chanacha, the object of the demonstrators' anger, resides. As they have for several nights, police used water cannon and rubber bullets to drive the protesters back to Ding Deng and set up a defensive line in front of the Veterans General Hospital. Earlier in the day, National Police Chief Suat said the force's policy for handling protesters at several locations would be changed, especially in Ding Deng and the adjacent Victory Monument area. From now on, he said, police have been told not to enter residential properties, communities or small soys and to focus on maintaining order on main roads and preventing arson. The stacks of used containers put to block access to Vipavidi Road, seen by some as a red flag that simply incited protesters further, will also be removed, he said. We are not defending anyone, we're just protecting public properties, said the police general Suat. The police chief also vowed to investigate incidents in which police were captured on camera, shooting a young man on a motorcycle at close range and spraying rubber bullets on the ground floor of a Ding Deng flat. He urged empathy for police on duty who have been working under pressure, saying that different kinds of weapons have been used by the teens. We already talked to the parents of these young people and found most of them are not living in the area and come from Greater Bangkok, he said. The announced changes came as residents of the Ding Deng Flats complex said they would submit a letter on Tuesday to the National Police Office and the Prime Minister's Office in protest against the handling of the situation and the way this has affected their lives. At least 1,000 names of affected people were included in the letter. Prasong Hamsanan, a member of the complex's committee, told reporters on Saturday that people living in blocks 1 to 4 had been affected by the nightly clashes. Rubber bullets were shot into their rooms. Some who were outside were also hit by the bullets, although they were not protesters, he said. It can be said we Ding Deng people have been dining amid tear gas every day now. He added that the barrier should be moved to the 1st Infantry Regiment. Putting the barrier here invites protesters to come here. Moving it elsewhere will also enable elderly people at the flats to go to the hospital across the road, he noted. For seven nights in a row, clashes between riot police and young people took place in Ding Deng. They have involved the use of fireworks, catapults, marbles, projectiles and laser beams by the protesters, and rubber bullets, water cannon and tear gas by the police. Dozens of people have been injured during the clashes. While both sides deny the use of live rounds, at least three teenagers have been shot and one of them is still in a coma. One policeman was hit in the leg by a projectile that might have been a live round. Apart from traffic congestion, residents in the area also complained about cases of hot pursuit, where police reportedly fired rubber bullets indiscriminately into nearby flats where the protesters had fled to. Some passers-by were also hit. A doctor complained that the clashes were also posing a danger to patients and health workers in near hospitals. The leader of the anti-government protest group, who have staged several rallies to protest against the government's mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic, have urged people not to resort to violence and not to provoke the police as they are not the real enemy. But while the mainstream protest groups tend to be middle class, media savvy and well educated, those who have been gathering near Ding Deng tend to be working class youths who are angry about the state of the economy and their lives in general. Now I can tell you, based on the videos that I played at the beginning of this story, that some of the police's action has been truly appalling and shameful. The first video I showed of the motorcyclist passing by and the police officer opening fire at point blank range is just unacceptable. 
And then he continued then to harass the journalist who had actually taken the video. Now this just shows the mindset of some of these police who clearly believe that they don't actually have to follow any kind of international standard as the term has been used many, many times. Now, the police and the government should start making examples out of these guys who clearly have decided that they can do whatever they want. In another video, you've seen a car who's doing a U-turn like every other car and a stray rubber bullet hits their window screen and from what I can see, actually cracks it. Now, this is just unacceptable behavior by the police. Now, these are innocent people driving in their car. And at what point are the police going to take responsibility for all of this? They pull people over for no reason, they harass them, and then they wonder why people are so angry with them as well. Chasing people through soy, shooting into people's houses, I mean, they're not winning the hearts and minds of the local community, are they? Clearly the message that should be sent to them is deal with the protesters themselves and try not to actually disturb the people living in the area. But they have done the opposite of that. They have decided that instead of engaging with the general population in the area, they mean literally engage by taking them on with rubber bullets and tear gas. I mean, imagine sitting in your house and tear gas comes flying in because some rogue cop thinks he can just fire wherever he wants. I had to laugh a few days ago of a video where the police put out of them showing how they fire tear gas at a 90 degree angle up into the air. 30 minutes later, a Thai netizen had posted a picture of the police shooting the tear gas directly into a crowd. So it just shows you how little either the police know or how stupid they think the public are that they wouldn't know this kind of picture and videos exist out there. My hope is that the violence stops from both sides, the police as well as the protesters, because you can peacefully protest and make your point. But it seems that there is a small minority and as they say, working class gentlemen, maybe who have nothing better to do with their time because they don't have any jobs right now. No money, no nothing. And are just angry teenagers who want something better for themselves. Of course, if school was open, they probably might have somewhere to go. But of course, the schools are all shut. So there's another side to it as well. But anyway, I'd love to know what you think about all this. Have you seen those videos I've just shown? What do you think should happen to this copper who's on the road shooting people point blank range? I'd love to hear your comments down below as you and next, party raided on Kosamui 24 held. 13 Thais and 11 foreigners were arrested in a police raid on a hilltop villa on Kosamui where a party was held in violation of COVID-19 restrictions. A combined team of local police, tourist police, immigration officers and local officials inspected Lamborghini Villa, a resort hotel on Khao Plai Lem in front of the Samui airport in Tambon Boput at around 10.30pm on Friday. The team was led by Police Colonel Wan Chai, Chief of Crime Suppression at Boput Police Station, found many cars and motorcycles parked in front of the venue. The team found 24 people drinking on the cellar, which was decorated as a pub. There were 11 foreigners, 10 of whom were men, and 13 Thais, 3 of whom were men. 89 bottles of beer, whiskey, and wine, and two bills of alcoholic drinks were seized. All were detained on charges of violating the Executive Decree and the Mecumical Disease Control Act. During the search, police seized small amounts of illicit drugs from two foreigners. A Filipina had a pack of 0.67 grams of cocaine in her possession, while a Frenchman possessed 0.9 grams of cocaine. The pair faced an additional drug charge for having Category 2 drugs in their possession. A criminal record showed that Chaido Tinawanout 30, who was among the 13 thighs caught, was among one on an arrest warrant issued by Taling Chan Criminal Court on April 8th this year for colluding in fraud and putting false information into the computer system. All were taken to Boput Police Station for legal action. Now don't forget there was also 19 arrested in Patia as well a few nights before. 
So to be clear, I do not agree with this ban on alcohol and socializing like this. I think it can still be done in moderation and under control of COVID regulations. However, to my fellow expats out there, it was only a few nights ago that a group of Thais received real jail sentences for the exact same thing. You may get off with a slap on the wrist, but at some point, some poor expat is going to be made an example of in sentencing. And my appeal to you is don't be that guy. Thai jail is not a place for anyone. Just please be careful out there and try to use common sense when you go out and try to adhere to the rules because eventually they are going to end and we will all start to get our lives back together. Thai Prime Minister challenged to boxing match for Premiership. An opposition lawmaker in Thailand has been slammed for challenging Prime Minister Prayuchanacha to a boxing match for the Premiership. The ruling Palang Party said that Mr. Mongkalak, leader of the Thai Civilized Party's challenge, was criminal. Mr. Siri Jengjaka, chairman of the House Committee of Law and Justice, said yesterday that he was studying to determine whether Mr. Mongkalit's challenge violated any laws. He said he may have breached a criminal law for threatening General Priya. Even more, Mr. Moncalot has posted some content that can be considered as defaming the Prime Minister, he said. A probe into whether Mr. Moncalot breached ethics will also be requested, he said. If he was found unlawful, he could lose his MP status, Mr. Siri said. Mr. Moncalot on Tuesday posted a Facebook message that said, For the sake of a bloodless way out, I would represent the country to challenge the Premiership to a boxing match. He said if he lost, he would resign as an MP, but General Pryatt would also have to step down as Prime Minister if he was defeated. The MP proposed that the boxing match of three rounds at Lumpini Stadium, which would be bare knuckle, and that he would only use his right arm and two legs, while General Pryatt, who was much older, could use both of his hands and legs. General Pryatt would be given 10 days to accept, Mr. Moncalock said, adding that if the Prime Minister rejected, he should resign as he would be considered a coward. Mr. Moncalot told the Bangkok Post yesterday that the country is currently in a mess due to COVID-19 outbreaks and persistent protests, but General Pryatt ignores the people's voices. As a result, he said, his kickboxing challenge for the Premiership is a solution to maintain peace and order and prevent bloodshed. He said the challenge does not violate ethical codes because it involves a sport. Chanasak Atawang, an advisor to General Pryatt, said Mr. Moncalot was not fit to serve as an MP. It's like he is thoughtless and insecure, Mr. Chanasak said. I don't understand how he became an MP. He seems just to be lucky this time. Well, I think a boxing match live on TV would have 60 million ties on TV watching it, cheering on the MP. Now, as for the part about the advisor to the general saying that uh, Mr. Moncalot was not fit to serve in office, I would say that uh, many, many people would also claim that Priyat, the prime minister, is also not fit to serve. But unlike the prime minister, Mr. Moncalot has been elected by people through the election process. Whereas the general, the prime minister, was never elected by one single member of the public. Rather, he was elected by a group of generals in a senate. So, I wonder who actually has the legitimate voice. Is it the general who has never won an election? Or is it the MP who was elected by his constituents? It's, it's funny how they, they forget how he was chosen and as if the people had a choice when it came to the prime minister i mean he did take over via a coup by the gun and generally leaders who take over by the gun are not actually great leaders they just turn out to be what we all think dictators but i want to know what you think who would you be rooting for priot the prime minister or mr Moncalot, the mp from the thai civilized party i might add i'd love to know your thoughts on the big boxing match leave your comments down below in the comment section
And now for Phuket Sandbox News. Phuket reported 129 new COVID-19 infections in the past 24 hours. Two of them were from the Sandbox program. Now this is the third consecutive day where the numbers have been over 100. We had 488 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on six flights, two Thai Airways, one Guatar, one Emirates and two Singapore Airlines. Now the flight schedule seems to be pretty much that way at the weekends. There seems to be six to seven seven flights during the weekday, maybe three or four only. 247 travellers tested negative for COVID during the second and third test as well. Since the 1st of July, 23,232 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. Also worth noting, the Tourism Authority of Thailand predicted 129,000. In other news, Phuket Samui flights to be resumed next week. Thailand's Suratani province will continue the Samui Plus program to attract vaccinated foreign tourists with Bangkok Airways set to resume flights between Phuket and Samui Island on the 25th of August. New Phuket order revises condition for suspending sandbox scheme. A new provincial order issued by the Phuket governor Narang Wunsi has revived the conditions required for determining whether officials are to suspend the Phuket sandbox scheme in light of the current high numbers of COVID-19 infections across the island. And finally, former Phuket City police chief caught in COVID allowance fraud. Region 8 Police Deputy Commander Colonel Sompong Tipakarul, who previously served as the Chief of the Phuket City Police, has been discharged from the Royal Thai Police after being found swindling police allowances for extra work performed in battling the COVID-19 pandemic. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.